0: He is the way and the truth and the life.
1: We have to die in order to live. Good morning, Father. Hey, good morning, John Ray. Did we figure out what we were going to talk about? (laughs) There's a lot to talk about uh, because the readings uh, go into a number of different things. Um,
0: I remember you talking while I was setting up all the equipment. I just don't remember what you were saying. Well, uh, that's that's
1: uh, well, actually, that that goes perfectly into the homily. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Father there talks. Go. Nobody is like, oh, Father, great homily. What, what was your favorite part about it? I don't know. Uh, well, <laughs> what was I mean, your number one quote from? Why it? would you uh, ask that kind of question? Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> so the uh, no, the, but the readings, especially the first reading, uh, with Moses' interaction with God. This. Um, that, that's a lot to unpack right there but then also this month is dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows every month in the calendar year uh, for us Catholics is actually dedicated to something uh, is dedicated to one of the feast that's uh, within that month for instance in September September uh, this upcoming w- or for this week. Is the feast of Our Lady of Sorrows and so this month is dedicated to Our Lady of Sorrows okay and I mean we have another feast uh, the the, the exaltation of the cross yeah
0: Um, we actually have uh, well yeah go ahead
1: yeah and so the uh, every month that's kind of interesting you could actually look up okay what month is this month dedicated to um, in regards for the Catholic calendar year Mm and so the, there's the readings, especially the first reading. That's uh, a lot in, in regards to theological circles. We call that about the impassibility of God. That means God is unchanging. That's why we, we believe that. The impassibility, not the impossibility. No, you got it. You got it. Yeah, yeah. So the impassibility of God. What was that God. Scott accent? I couldn't tell if you were, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infa- the, emphasizing? Yeah. The, uh, yeah the the wrong Trini- syllable? Yeah. And so what we believe about uh, the Trinity, our our trinity the trinitarian theology uh, is difficult in regards to some some Old Testament readings because Scripture does not go against what we believe about God. It enhances it. It just, sometimes it takes my dense, you know, my dense intellect a little while to understand it. And so that that first reading, I, which I didn't go into for the homily, but actually modes perfectly with the other two readings. The second reading from St. Paul and then of course the Gospel. Uh, this weekend, uh, the homily was a little bit shorter because we had kind of a uh, an announcement about, just our new youth minister. Yeah, exciting things at St. Pius. Mm-hmm. And so he wanted to kind of get up, and show uh, show his face, introduce himself, which is important.
0: Um, it looked like they had a good turnout at the uh, kickoff Sunday night for Edge, which is our middle
1: school ministry, sixth, mm-hmm.
0: seventh, and eighth grade, and for Life Teen, which is our high school ministry, ninth through twelfth graders. Yeah.
1: And so uh, they had a lot of kids there, and now it's just time for, to let it grow. Yes. Yeah. Father, you think it'd be bigger than this? I said, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is the beginning. And then once it gr- will grow it.
0: Well, I mean, St. Pius used to be a flagship, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, a very vibrant youth program for over a decade. And uh, I mean, a, a place where parishes used to travel to come and observe how we did youth ministry and then COVID just kind of put a damper on that and so we had you know we're in a rebuilding process and I am really excited about our new youth minister I think he was a great hire and I love the fact that Mary Hindelang's now on staff as a DRE Mm -hmm. Um, I think there are good things to come
1: absolutely and so uh, we had our kickoff event this past Sunday uh, and it went I thought very well Uh, we had a great turnout uh, a lot of fun And so uh, for the homily, I just kind of stuck with the the gospel. Oh, we're going back to the homily. We're done with youth ministry. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) Beyond the youth ministry. Beyond 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 the youth ministry. ministry. Beyond the homily. uh,
0: But yeah. um, So the homily this weekend, what did you talk about? I mean, was I? at your? No, I wasn't at your mass. Father
1: Brady was there. So I went into uh, the love of God. What does that have to do with anything? (laughs) Well, it's a difficult topic to tackle. Like, uh, um, whenever we talk about God, God is very simple. God is one but God is much more than I'll ever understand and God is love so that means that his love is much more than I'll understand and so while we can make these very simple statements about God's love which is very true uh, it doesn't plunge the depths of God and so once we start to actually get into uh, some topics about God they can become uh, difficult Mm. right God's love is Uh, is one of those topics, right? Because for me as a flawed human being, I can't understand it. Is it that we can't understand that God is love or is it that as a
0: society we don't understand love today?
1: I would say both. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, me as a as a flawed human being, I'm a cup and God fills me up to the brim, huh? Uh, depending on how big my cup is, uh, how much love I can give to the world. But while God fills me up, he doesn't, he doesn't empty himself. Like God is still much more. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of went into the two aspects of God, or two aspects of God's love. One is a universal, right, That God love. Well, let me stop you for a
0: second. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause this is beyond the homily, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't we go into what love is? So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's the both and confusion, yep. let's start with love and then move into how God is love. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You think you can handle
1: that? Uh, we'll try. We'll see what <laughs> we can make of it. So, uh, what is love? Uh, love, according to St. Thomas Aquinas, is willing the good of the other as other. See, that was a quote that I thought of, but I had no idea who to credit it to, so good job. Yeah, St. Thomas Aquinas uh, is probably the greatest mind to ever live. Him, St. Augustine, uh, St. Paul. Jesus. Our uh, blessed Lord, you know, is wisdom <laughs> itself, huh? Yeah. Uh, and so all, all wisdom comes from him. So to will the good of another right? as other what does that mean that means that i truly will the good of this other person apart from myself mm-hmm. right so i will the good of this person because if they go up you know my stocks go up huh so if, that, if this company is doing well then my stocks are going to do well i want them to do well mm-hmm. no no no, no. Uh, apart from any benefit of me i want you i want you to feel love mm-hmm. right apart from even at the sacrifice of myself I want the best of you. That's the cross, Mm. right? Our blessed Lord says, don't throw a party for those that can return the favor. Uh, Host a dinner for those that could never repay you. So it's a selfless gift, Mm -hmm. so to speak, right? Um,
0: That that we give when we give love or when we show love or when we...
1: even when we experience love, we receive that gift, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why uh, whenever we say, we're say, we able to say, you know, parents love their kids, uh, kids love your parents, or Ooh, husband- We yeah, had to bring it there, right? Yeah, you had the, or husband loves your wives. But no,
0: wives. I mean, th- that's a great example. I have a 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. There are days that I don't like him a lot, yeah. right? And I still will the good of who
1: he is. Yeah, right? so love doesn't have to deal with personal feelings. Right, because my feelings, they come and go. They change. They change often. Uh, love is something much deeper than that, mm-hmm. right? And that, that's a very common example, right? You ask parents, you know, do you like your kid or do you like your spouse every day? No. Do you love them? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? Would you give your life for him any day of the week? Yes, absolutely. Um, do you will the good for them? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's love. And so that's why we're able to say, you know, for these different people to love and, and how Christ loved, right? Marriage is a certain expression
0: mm-hmm. of that love. There are days where Alicia doesn't feel like getting up and getting the breakfast served and getting the kids dressed and the, you know, all
1: the things and yet she does it because mm-hmm. she loves. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the cross and redemption within the household. So uh, again, it goes back to love is selfless, Mm -hmm. right? And so now, okay, now we have that aspect, that groundwork of love moving it to God. Mm-hmm. God loves all things universally, huh? The fact that God loves it means that it exists, right? Because we cannot exist without God. I used to
0: tell as a youth minister, I used to tell the young people that, um, you know, that God loves you because if for a split second, he would cease loving you, you would cease to exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep his his love for us literally holds us in existence yeah
1: and that doesn't mean like oh i'd go to hell you know if god doesn't love me no because god still loves you even in hell
0: well and okay so take that 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 you know if god ceases to love you then you cease to exist right and so he loves all his creation and his love holds his creatures his creation in existence you and i and everything that he's created well satan is his creation, right? He created Satan and Satan still exists. Mm-hmm. It's because he still loves.
1: Yeah, and that's and that could be one of a, a difficult topic uh, for people in regards to God's love, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what I went into in the homily, but just kind of as a well, side yeah, note. Yeah,
0: just as a side note. And, and I say it for this reason, right? We can probably spend a whole podcast episode or more mm-hmm. series really on that topic alone but i say it to say this if you're a person who's struggling with does
1: god love me because i sin sit with that for a moment Mm -hmm. right yeah god so god's love universal god loves all of creation it holds it in existence right um but god also loves very particularly right so as god's love he loves me Mm -hmm. 100 percent So while God fills up my cup, right, and uh, as much as that is, God still gives his entire self to me. I can only hold this much, but God loves me very particularly. He loves all of creation, but he also loves me very particularly. Mm -hmm. It could get kind of hazy because if I focus so much on God's particular love for me, uh, then God becomes very relativistic, which means that, you know, he's my God, mm-hmm. right? You have your God. I have my God, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, they have their God, what's a sin for you is not a sin for me because God knows me particularly and, and he knows my situation and he kind of, and he understands, right. my kind of hardship that no, no one else has ever had before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and uh, so because I'm, because I'm unique, I'm very, yep. Yeah, and and so, special. And so when I focus so much or too much on an unhealthy way of God's particular love for me, then I lose the fact that God is objective. Mm. Right? That God doesn't change. God loves me. Absolutely but I can't get it twisted to think that God changes because of, because of my desires. Sure. On the flip side of that, if I focus so too much in an unhealthy way of God's universal love, uh, then he never moves to me particularly. That God, oh, God loves all of creation, right? Uh, but I never call him my father. Mm-hmm. I have never had a personal encounter with Christ. I have never let Him touch my heart. I remember there was a uh, there was a political figure and he was on a show, uh, and he kind of said, "No, God speaks to me," and this show railed him. Huh? I mean, the public kind of railed him and and you know made fun of him. And I couldn't understand why. Do these people think that God doesn't want to talk to to me? or to you? Well, I think that the world, kind of like we don't understand love, right? Yeah.
0: I, don't, I think if we don't understand love, well then certainly we don't understand God. And if we don't understand God, then we don't understand that it's important that you and I have this personal relationship, personal encounter with him, this ongoing daily conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's a two-way conversation. Right. Um, you know, that was one of my favorite things as a youth minister, ask a young person, Hey, how does God speak to you? And then they looked at me like I'd grown a second head, you know, like, what do you mean? God speaks to me.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yes, he does. Or maybe how do you try to listen to his voice? Mm -hmm. That's a big one
0: for most of us. We're never audibly going to hear God's voice. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, and then that's where discernment comes in, where yeah. we sift through these voices that we hear. And by the way, they all sound like me. I mean, not, <laughs> not your voice, hopefully. <clears throat> but <laughs> yeah. my voice of God in my life, it sounds like me, right? St. Ignatius talks about the ego, the voice of the Father, and the voice of the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. And they all sound like my internal voice, and I just gotta figure out which one that I'm listening to.
1: Yeah, and so with that kind of setup. this balancing act between the universal love for God and all of creation and then this very particular love that he has for me right that he gives his entire self to me uh, that if I was the only person to ever live then he would have died on the cross Mm -hmm. all the same just to save me Mm -hmm. And so there's this balancing act with God's love. And then that is what launches us into those two parables uh, for the Sunday homily or the gospel. That um, the parable of Jesus finding the lost sheep, leaving the 99 and going after this lost one. I said, like, you know, there's who would do that? Nobody. That's a crazy thing to do. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's a bad business decision. Well, and no
0: shepherd would have ever done that. Yeah. Right? No, the sheep rid- are stupid. And yeah. without the shepherd, then the sheep just scatter.
1: Yeah. And so that's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so if you leave
1: the 99 to find the one, then all of a sudden you have the one and not the 99. Yeah. But once you start to see that when I'm baptized into uh, into the life of Christ, uh, I'm I'm, God, I'm part of God's family. That I'm I am a child of God. And once you start to realize that you personally are a child of God, then ninety nine is too few and losing one is way too many. Mm-hmm that, and and the, uh, we kind of talked about this, the church fathers, uh, those uh, first century Christians that read scripture and interpreted scripture for the church. So how did the first Christians read scripture? They're called the church fathers. They emphasized heavily on this idea of being made whole again. The 99 moving to 100, this is 99% going to 100%, or the nine going to 10. This is something that was incomplete, something that was missing, being made whole again, that when I allow Christ to find me in my darkness uh, and bring me home with him, then I find a missing piece of myself. That there's this aspect of my life, um, I'm made in the image and likeness of God, that if I don't allow God to touch me, It touched my heart, my soul, my my sufferings, my joys. If I don't allow Christ into my life, there is a deep void that can never be filled. And I will try to fill it with other things that will never satisfy. It is Christ who brings the, sh- the sheep home. Mm. Or and, and in the case of the lost coin, huh? I mean, what, what person is going to turn their house upside down for a penny? Nobody. That's a waste of time. Well, God is willing to waste time on us. And time and time again, he wastes time. Well, I, I'll rephrase that.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't think he wastes time on us, right? Go ahead. He's willing to give us his time right and he doesn't see it as a waste because he's pursuing
1: us right and then the coin right this uh every coin having an impression an image on it right i'm i'm made in the image and likeness of god Uh, finding this lost coin is great rejoicing that uh, christ came and turned the whole world upside down uh, just to find me right and all of heaven rejoices so if you find that you know no one's going to care you know if i truly convert no that's uh ridiculous mm-hmm. I, I really do forget which saint said this which is not common that i forget which saint said what but there was a saint that said uh that it's a greater miracle that a sinner return back to god than an angel be created
0: there was a um so th- so this uh mm-hmm. this gospel the lost things, right? Um, I'll oftentimes as a youth minister use this gospel or quoted this gospel, helping young people understand why they should go to confession. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there's a, there's a, a kid. His name's Nick. Um, Nick passed away in the army. He died in his barracks. Um, just a weird combination of medications. He was sick one day, but, um, we were at a Steubenville South conference. I think that's where you had your encounter. your one of your first encounters. Um, we were at a Steubenville South conference and he did not want to go to confession. And so uh, I brought him to, you know, Luke 15. Um, there will be more joy in heaven hmm. over one lost center. You know? And I told him, I said, uh, I said, you know, if you go to confession today, like there's going to be a party in heaven just for you. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and and we parted ways. I didn't think he was gonna actually go to confession, you know. Later that afternoon we're at Rapids Coliseum in Alexandria in the parking lot in June in 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 South Louisiana, so it was hot and I'm walking across the parking lot and all of a sudden there's this kid walking towards me that's got the biggest smile on his face and from across the parking lot he yells out, Hey, there's a partying going on in heaven right now for me. You know, and so this gospel passage is an image that I call to mind every time I go to confession, you know, because there's anytime we go to confession, anytime as a sinner, we come home and, and, and are reconciled to God's love. All of heaven parties for us. Scripture says it.
1: Yeah. Look, this the sacraments while done universally for the entire world are received particularly mm-hmm. isn't that wild that the, you know the mass the, the sacrifice of calvary done for the entire world but i receive communion right baptism opens up the gates to the heaven for all of creation anyone can receive it but i am baptized mm-hmm. The uh, uh, Holy Spirit descends upon the world and uh, everyone is filled with the, uh, the, the fire of God's love, the third person of the Trinity, but I receive confirmation. I go to confession. I receive the anointing of the sick. So these sacraments that are done for the world universally are received particularly mm-hmm. in each individual. And so if someone- And ref- I mean, let's take that to another
0: step. I receive them particularly for me. And I receive them as a gift to the world. Yep. Because yeah. as I grow in holiness through the grace of the sacraments I receive, hopefully the holiness overflows out of me. That cup that you yeah. keep, as God continues to pour into me, eventually it has to overflow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, you just, you brought it to a whole nother level. Right there, that's because I'm from Opelousas and you're from Scott. Well, hey, look, <laughs> in this case, you, you brought it, you brought it to a whole a, a much deeper level, right? Because ah yeah. That's, that's kind of the circle and it it perfected in St. Paul, that second reading, huh? Mm -hmm. Uh, St. Paul says, you know, God's mercy was gifted to me and now I'm able to be a gift for others. Mm -hmm. It's something that was so universal. I finally, I finally received and now I'm able to give it to all. Mm. Right. And that's, that's the beauty. I think this is a great place to stop today. We're about 20 minutes
0: in and you got to go get ready for mass anyway. Yeah. So to recap, um, mm-hmm. God's love is universal and it's particular, Yeah, right? And that manifests itself in so many different ways, not just in my relationship, but in my sacramental journey and, and every facet of how I experience, how you experience, how we experience God's love, yeah. God's life, right? Particularly and universally, and universally and particularly.
1: Yeah, so I guess the, the, the reflection questions would be, one, for our listeners, how do you experience God with the community, right? Typically this is mass or some service that you do. Uh, how do you experience God particularly? How do you hear his voice in the silence of your own heart? Mm. Or at least what opportunities are you giving him to speak? And hey, look, also, if it's been a while since you've been
0: to confession, um, I would love to invite you to come back Mm -hmm. so that heaven can celebrate you and your return. Absolutely. So, well, this brings us to a close on episode 40 of Beyond the Homily. We want to thank y'all for listening. And If this episode has impacted you at all, we want to invite you to share it. Um, Be sure to like us and follow us on your podcast listener of choice. We hope you have a great rest of the weekend. We look forward to seeing you this weekend at mass. God bless. God bless.